Pods, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you on a Monday morning. Yeah, joining me, spaghetti and meatballs. They're fiddling with the knobs. Babyface Joel Solomon producing this mess. And as always, my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, Darren, the parlay kid. What is happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Hey, Sal. What's going on, buddy? We have a million things to get to today. Is it a million? It might be more than a million. Let me check. No, it's exactly one million. We have exactly one million things to get to. I should say I'm still in Brooklyn here. I shot hidden camera bits for Jimmy Kimmel Live all weekend long. Those will be shown leading up to uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live in Brooklyn, third week in September. That's going to be a lot of fun. Harry is on the West Coast watching my children. I still have three, right, Harry? We're, we're good? We're, they're still, still three. Still three. Still, still alive and kicking. Good. Okay, good, good. I heard good reports. Actually, on that. I don't know where Archie is actually, but still, I think that I think he's good. I mean, he does his own thing. I think he has right. six, uh, six or seven football practices a day uh, nowadays. Mm. But uh, and the parlay kid and brother Bry, we're going to talk about our big excursion out to City Field on Friday. We're going to tease the SEC and Big Ten conferences. Uh, what a dumb move by me! I, I know we each spent like six or seven hours on this. Like, hey, why don't we put the two biggest conferences together and do them? all in one day. Good idea, Sal. So that's it. Uh, And that's, uh, we're going to get to all of it and we're going to do bed aches. Uh, Let's first talk real quick. Uh, Well, first, Harry, you had a little party at my house on Saturday night. Had a wonderful party on on Saturday night. We had the uh, (laughs) championship game of the indoor football league. Your Mm. son, Jack, is a humongous fan. He knows all the players, all the teams, all the nicknames. And uh, yeah, we had a nice time down by uh, in Hermosa Beach for lunch. We grabbed some pizzas on the way home and the game was great. 47, 45, a couple about a month ago, me, you, uh, Angie and Jack went up to northern Arizona <laughs> to hell? Prescott Valley. And we went to the game and uh, and the Wranglers have been hot and they won the championship. And that team won. They were what, a two seed, a three seed. They ended up winning uh, the like a thing? three seed. The two smallest markets in the league made it to the championship and they beat Quad City. 47, uh, 45. Great game. We had a blast. That's what's going to put the wow. league on the map when the two nice. smallest markets do it you know it's good all right so harry yeah i think uh mikey meatballs we saw you were part of that mikey, mikey meatballs, was, was the game any good michael or was it just were you rolling your eyes the whole time no the game was great we had a great time yeah. all right yeah. good all right i believe it all right i thought then, uh caleb so barker thought michael party, caleb barker i thought the party was in celebration of harry finishing the uh pitchback um Putting that pitch back. I don't think that happened. I ordered a pitch back on Amazon and arrived the day I left. And I saw, you know, on the ring, it's the ring is my favorite TV show. Now I just watch and there's an overhead view of the backyard. And I imagine it's what it's going to be. If uh, God willing, I get to heaven, I'll just be looking down on everyone who survived me. And I got a nice uh, little preview. Really. I watched hours and hours of Harry and Harrison, uh, my youngest trying to put together this pitch back. Any update, Harry? I don't think it's done. Is it? Listen, I can't figure out that netting for anything. I don't know how I, we did a good job. And then he said to me, why is this so loose? And I said, I don't know, but I, I think we did that right. But the netting, I said, I'm leaving that up to your big brother, Archie or Sal or whoever. I, we can't figure out the it netting. It was unbelievable. Anything. I was sending you screenshots, Parley Kid and brother Bry of this, uh, this yeah. whole thing. It was such yeah. an ordeal. And, like, and the, the greatest thing is everybody was wearing the same clothes Sunday as they were Friday. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. So you can't even, <laughs> can't even put your. I donned this shirt today, though. Brand new shirt. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, controversy. You wore a Jesus Christ shirt when you shot your video yesterday. A lot of people. I don't know. The people uh, 
real, yeah. really controversial lately, Harry. But yeah, that was uh, ridiculous. Hey, we Trying did to be get religious out. like Darren. We did get out to uh, City Field Friday. It was me. It was Brother Bry, uh, a few friends, um, Parley Kid and his wife, uh, Mikey Meatball's mother. We had uh, my our friend Chris, our friend Frank, our friend Joey. We had a good time. I was on the Diamond Vision. Um, that was embarrassing. I don't know. You know, the the team gave us tickets. So uh, I, of course, agreed to be on the Diamond Vision when they asked me, when mm. am I going to big time them? And then there was that uncomfortableness where the camera guy and his assistant come down to our section and are looking for me. And so <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm at one of eight seats they know are designated for our group. And so we're all between, except for Bri, like between five, eight and five, 10 Italian looking guys. Uh, and so he has no idea who I am. And I'm like, ah, oh, what is going on? And he's looking and then we see he's looking at his phone and he's probably looking <laughs> me up and still not sure. And like at one point, I'm just like waving my hand. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm right here. So they put me on and it's me and brother Bri for about a 10 count. And at one point, Bri, I'm like, I got to do something stupid. I reach in my mouth. I pull out my gum and I stick it in your ear. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. I remember that vividly. Right. Right in my ear. Uh, I little, I, no, in the pet, I would have been disgusted, Sal, if it was anybody else. But you doing okay, it. Thank uh, you. I, I, I was okay with it. I was hoping Frank would have got something, but he was out of the camera range. That was the whole thing. Frank was my target, of course. Oh, our friend yeah, Frank. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. ruins our fantasy league every year. But no, the way they framed it was just me and Brother Bry. So I had to do it. We saw the Mets lose. We'll get to that in a second. Oh. Only lost on the weekend for the Mets, and they should have won. So stupid. Uh, Yankees dropped two out of three to the Red Sox. Is that right, Parlor Kid? You're not worried, are you? That's correct. That's correct. Two out of three, probably lucky just to get one in that series. So good to let the Red Sox think they have a chance, though. That's what's fun. Um, real quick before we get to bed aches and the college uh, breakdown, the overs, I think, are 13 and two in preseason right now. Is that right, Bry? Harry, did you guys hear that? Uh, I think they're yeah, 13 think and two. Right. God. All right. So now what do we do? So now everything goes from 33 and a half to 37, and now, now we go under. I don't know. What to do? I'm trying to think the big takeaways from the weekend. Zach Wilson out. Um, he's flying to California to get surgery, which I always think is weird. Good doctors everywhere. But anyway, he's getting surgery or getting an opinion. Um, it, it, it looks like could be two to three weeks. Could be more than that, Parley Kid. We're looking at Flacco versus the Ravens week one, which could be fun. No, that's not fun. Oh, no? It's not? <laughs> that's not? Oh, okay. No. All right. No, I'd rather, see, I'd rather see the kid white play if uh, – Mike right. White play again. Um, if they if, if that's what it comes down to, maybe it's time for the Jets to make a play on Jimmy G. Um, that's I what it's that looking would, right. That would be the fun. Uh, why thing. not? I, I I think that would be a fun thing for the Jets to do. Give Wilson plenty of time to get healthy, uh, and and see where Jimmy G uh, could take him. I think that you might get be a, news a really that he's thing. out six to seven weeks. I think you do have to make that move for I sure. Agree. Right? I don't know. I think that's the way to do it. Uh, Tom Brady, on the ha- other hand. Um, Jimmy G's nemesis. He's been out. He took some time off. I think he said it was family issues, but then everyone's like, don't worry. It has nothing. It seems like this is something they just set up before the season, Harry. Um, and he's like, look, I'm not going to play in this dumb preseason games anyway. I don't want to get hurt. I want to go to Barbados with the family one more time and I'm going to do my thing. And no one's going to remember this in October, when the end of October, when we're six and two or six and three, right? I think you're right, Sal. I mean, it's Tom Brady. So if, if, if he wants a couple weeks off during uh, um, the exhibition se- season, he's going to get it. Who's going to tell him no, right? Yeah. 
everybody understands Bri Wright. And I don't think uh, even if the team does poorly, if they're three and six, I, I think you'd be stupid to point to this as the reason that uh, it fell yeah, apart. Yeah, I mean, maybe if, if it's anybody else, maybe you have a problem with it, with Brady, with Rodgers, those guys, those guys have earned it. And I'm sure that was something with Giselle. He probably said, look, I'm, I'll go back, yeah. but then I'm not going to, you know, I won't start until late August, right before, right before the season starts. That had to be some type of agreement. Sure. Yeah, the only thing is that the, the team probably should have said something so everybody wasn't just going mm. wild here with the, um, you know, with what they might think happened here. I think when my cousin Jimmy was able to take the summer off for the first time two years ago, everybody, people were like, oh, it's because he did Melania's accent and then that's it. And uh, ABC is punishing him. It's like, no, they just should have said he gets the summers off from now on. Because <laughs> too many problems, too much speculation. Hey, Barley Kid, yep. Cowboys lost to Denver. Who cares? 17 penalties, though, including the lineman or the Tulsa guy who who led uh, the world in, uh, in holds and, and false starts last year. And Mike McCarthy is pissed. He's still dumb, but he's pissed right now <laughs> because uh, they, they led the uh, NFC East in penalties and 17 more in the first preseason game. Good God. You don't want to see that. Yeah, well, I, I don't. Preseason means absolutely nothing to me. I don't care yeah. about the NFL preseason. Um, we really should have been all over the Broncos to to cover that game. I mean, the Cowboys never mm-hmm. uh, perform well in week one. It just, yeah, but the penalties do worry you just for the fact that I'm sure the emphasis in through, through this part of camp has been to cut down on penalties. Right. And then uh, you go out and you're committing 17 in a, in a game. What the heck? That's got to be some type of preseason record. I don't think these, uh, I know these refs are as preseason mode for them too, but. Uh, that's that's ridiculously high. Um, it's too many. Obviously, b- right. It's better if it happened now than even week four in preseason. But sure. uh, and certainly better than uh, if it happened the regular season. But get it together, shitheads. Come on, enough of this. Seventeen penalties. Um, so you're right, though, Parley kid. We should not care about preseason, except we should be uh, banging out these overs. We should be on the uh, thirteen and two run that the overs yep. are. Uh, except that they're going to adjust. All right, right now, it's time to deep dive into the collectively crushed soul of the degenerate trifecta in a segment we hate to call bad aches. When a bet makes you sick and you make the wrong pick, it's a bad ache. It's a bad ache. It's a bad ache. Uh, mine's easy. Friday night, Mets, Phillies. We're all going. Mention it. Parley Kid, Parley Kid's wife. Brother Bry, our friends Joey, our friends Chris, our friend Frank, Scherzer's on the hill. I have Yankee fans at the game, like I mentioned, but we're all going to be rooting for the Mets because we all have a ton of money on them. And I land in New York. I empty all my accounts. So I'm putting it on Scherzer, minus 250. I start up new accounts. I find accounts that don't even exist. It's all on the Mets. And what happens? The bats go dead. The Phillies, after being lambasted by Keith Hernandez for being so sloppy, put on a clinic on the field. It's like Ozzie Smith spent a week with them in preparation for this series. And what happens? Diaz shuts them down in the top of the ninth. We hear the horns. Everything's beautiful. We got a runner on third with one out. And Marte is thrown out at the plate in the bottom of the ninth. Vogelback just didn't hit it deep enough. Close play at the plate. We looked at it from 47 angles, and he was, in fact, out. And, of course, the Phillies score in the top of the 10th on a play at the plate, and the Mets can't counter, and we lose. We lost it all. Brother Bry, 
And you even fractioned it even more by betting in-game. Yeah, we, we lost it all. I mean, I will say it was great seeing you guys. It's great seeing Sal and the friends. But was it worth it? Was it worth thousands of dollars? <laughs> no. <laughs> Debat- debatable. We see each um, other on Zoom every day. Yeah, what's, what's it, was, it was debatable. It was debatable. But yeah, I, you know, I did the same thing. I put it, I put a ton on them to win. And, you know, what are the odds, right? You don't, you know, you have a chance to score. You, you know, you make the out at the last out at the plate in the ninth, right? You let off at the double that inning. I, he, uh, it was just, it was kind of disgusting. It, it, it figures it, it, it ended that way. But I will say, I told you guys, what was it? Was it last week or two weeks ago about the live betting? Mm-hmm. I, I figured, you know what? Let's do a little live betting here, actually live at the game. Um, mm-hmm. I said I would never do it again, but it is real. It was even way more exciting, I would say, live. So what I decided to do in the fifth inning, I, I, Boehm leads off the inning. So I'm like, you know what? I see him plus 250 to strike out versus Scherzer. So I I figured that's a good number. 0-2 count, (laughs) barely fouls off the third pitch, then battles back, then ends up having a weak grounder to short. So I'm annoyed with that already. I thought maybe I was going to get the strikeout there. So I was like, all right, next batter, Real Muto's up. I'm going to bet him to have a strikeout again. <laughs> uh, I think it's plus 180 this time. I think it was it was a 1-2 two or 2-2 two, two count. <laughs> um, again, another weak grounder to third. I lose that bet. Now I'm staring at the next. Castellanos now comes up plus 175 to strike out. Do I bet it? No. Does he strike out? Of course he does. <laughs> and that's when you think like the gambling gods, right, are just fucking with you, right? They're just yeah, messing. They they're just messing with you this whole time. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was that was a fun one. So again, I yeah. will say I'll never do the live at bats again for at least all right, good. A few all weeks. right, for the second time, you're never going to bet live <laughs> at bats. That's good. All right, I think by the fifty seventh time, yeah. it'll actually ring sure. true. All right, Parley sure. kid, you had some. Uh, in addition to having the Mets right off the bat, yeah. you bet them oh. in the extra, extra innings when the, they had the runner on second. I, I had the Mets. First five, I have the Mets to win the game. I have the Mets minus one and a half. It all looks like losers. Uh, so the bottom of the ninth, though, it's 1-1. One, one, right? I uh, decide to um, live bet the Mets. But the first, the as I'm doing it, and I don't know how Brian can get these bets off so quickly. I'm just not. I guess I'm a little slower on the phone, like getting the stuff He's like in. a maestro. Yeah, like, a, <laughs> like I mean, first it's just chair. Like, so yeah, I don't know what musical right, exactly. instrument it is. He's just boom, yeah. boom, 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 right, and just gets it in. I don't get it in uh, at minus 195. It was like, what were the Mets at that? I forgot what they were, but I was getting, I was surprised. I was getting some, I thought, favorable odds. But mm-hmm. now there's a leadoff double on the first pitch. There's like a leadoff double. The Mets have a man on second. I'm like, ah, I didn't get it in. I go on and I see I could still get I could still get it in, but it's minus six hundred now on the Mets to win. But I'm like the Mets are winning this game, right? Like leadoff guy is on um, with that double. Sal, like you said, they advance him over on the next at bat. Mm-hmm. He's on third. Vogelback comes up, pinch hits, slaps the ball to I guess medium left field, right? It wasn't too shallow. I thought it was long enough. I really thought it was. was Seemed long enough, but to the left fielder's credit, he did exactly fundamentally what you're supposed to do. Circled the ball, got his momentum coming to the plate, throws a strike. He is out at the plate. I I had forgotten about my bet at the point because the play was so exciting, Mm. but we still had extra innings. And then extra innings, same thing. Uh, The Phillies, push across that the guy on second the Mets 
Get him to third with with one out. Naquin strikes out. Weak grounder to end the game. Uh. We lose all around. And this is the kicker in the whole thing. I was 0 for... The Mets gave up two runs all weekend. One being the 10th inning run uh, in that game. And I was 0-2 with the Mets this week. <laughs> How is that possible? They gave up two runs and I went 0-2 betting them with straight. I, I had a minus one and a half Friday and Saturday with my big bets. And they right. give up two runs and I lose. I go 0-2. That is almost impossible. There Statistically impossible. That's Come what on. a Yankee Come fan on. gets for betting the Mets. <laughs> now you know. Just stay away from our team, Parley kid. <laughs> That's it. That's uh, ridiculous. Uh, Harry, you had no bad beats, right? I mean, your bet your betting was the uh trying to build a pitch stop, right? For for three yeah, days. Yeah, pretty much. And that that failed yeah. uh, tremendously. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. All right, Mikey Meatballs, let's hear the music. That's terrible. When a bet makes you sick. And you make the wrong pick. It's a bad ache. It's a bad ache. It's a bad all right. Yes, Bettix is brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. There are only two weeks left in the PGA season. Oh, fun. And if you haven't used PropSwap to go for the green, then you're missing out. PropSwap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite golfers and then sell your bets whenever you want. Many prop swappers make thousands of dollars just by buying and selling their golfers all tournament long. This allows you to win over and over without your golfer ever having to lift the trophy. Use promo code ODDS, O-D-D-S, when you make your first deposit. PropSwap's going to double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. And now, time for another edition of the Extra Prop of the Week. Brother Brian, you lost this, I think, by one point, right? Mm, yep. and it was an over-under in a football game. All right, this week, Prop brings us to Wilmington, Delaware, the BMW Championship. What will be the final score of the winning golfer at the BMW Championship. Harry, what do you think? Mm. Um, minus 13. Oh, all right. Last year, Patrick Cantlay won with a final score of 27 under par. Oh. So maybe oh. don't listen to Harry. <laughs> to enter, yeah. tweet us your guess at Extra Points Pod and at PropSwap using the hashtag, hashtag Extra Prop. You must be following both accounts to win. The winner gets a $650 Justin Thomas 2023 Masters ticket courtesy of PropSwap. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, now let's do this. So as I mentioned, we're going to preview the SEC and the Big Ten. Let's face it, the two best conferences in all football. I don't even think it's really close. Um, We're going to go over nine teams in each conference. The nine we think have a chance to make waves. That's not to say that, you know, Minnesota can win the Big Ten, but we're going to go over their odds because they're compelling, and some of the bottom feeders we're going to leave alone. We have to start with the SEC. We have to start with Alabama. You can find all sorts of odds on Alabama. Um, they were 13-2 and two last year. They're minus 145 to win the conference. Under 11.5 is minus 150, I found it at. 10.5 uh, is minus 280 if you go over. And I don't know. It depends how you want it here. They're either minus 145 or minus 140 to win the conference. And to win that SEC West, they're minus 400. So that's a lot of numbers to try to take in. They lost 33 to 18 in the title game to Georgia. We remember this. Nick Saban, though, somehow has had this team appear in six of eight national championship games in the playoff era. Six of eight. It's insane. 
the last three years, either first or second in the country and the SEC in recruiting. This year, they're second. Um, they'll be the first team in college history to return a Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, who had 4,800-plus yards passing, and the Nagurski Award winner, linebacker Will Anderson, from the previous season. Um, they get Brian Robinson at running back. Jameer Gibbs, they took over from Georgia Tech. They play that transfer portal game really good. Uh, they lose Jamison Williams, John Mechie, Evan Neal. Um, they had a guy transfer, Rick's a quarterback. They returned seven on defense, which led the nation in sacks. They need a little help on the O-line, but the schedule is very favorable. I, I say they're going to run the table. They're at Texas. Sorry, Scott the Grizz. They'll get to win that there. They win at Tennessee. They'll be substantial favorites. There's no Georgia this year. There's no LSU. There's no Auburn on the schedule. Uh, LSU and Auburn are very average. Uh, they're on the schedule. 12 and 0. I like them going over 11 and a half. Brother Bry, what do you have for Alabama? It's tough to bet with these numbers. Yeah, these numbers are tough for these top teams. But I, yeah, I would bet them to have an undefeated season. I would, but you know, I might put a ton on the over. I know you're laying like minus 280 or minus 275 yeah. on the over 10 and a half. I might put a ton on that because. You know, you could get tripped up in one game, but they're not getting tripped up in two. I'd prefer that much more, I think, the t over 10 and a half versus the SEC West at minus 400, I feel like. Um, mm -hmm. But they're like you said, their schedule is pretty weak for Bama. You know, like you said, they're going to beat up on Texas. They're going to get revenge versus Texas A&M at home this year. The, the tough one maybe will be at Arkansas. That could be tough, but this team is going to be loaded. This reminds me of the teams of the past. You probably have maybe the two best players in the country, like you said, in Bryce Young and Will Anderson. They mm -hmm. maybe brought in the best running back in the country, Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech. Uh, I would say last year, you know, there's question marks on their, their offensive line, which will probably be a little bit better overall. Wide receivers, they lost a bunch, but like, you know, they got that kid Burton from Georgia. They have that mm -hmm. young kid Brooks who was pretty good in the playoffs last year. He made some big catches, and I think Five he was. Star. Yep. I think he was the top receiver coming out of high school two years ago. So you know they're always going to replenish. They always do with these receivers. You have the kid Latu at tight end. So I, I love this team. I think they're going to be awesome. I, I, again, I know you're laying a heavy, heavy thing on minus two eighty to go over ten and a half, but I do not see this team losing two games at all. Yeah, they're home versus Texas A&M, so they lost that game, right? So revenge on their mind. At Tennessee, everybody loves Tennessee. We're going to get to all these teams later. Um, so that's the tough one. I mean, they're not going to lose to LSU. Team's bad. They're not going to lose to Auburn anymore. Um, Old Miss. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you're over 10.5. Like you said, though, minus 280 is a is rough hit if you lose, but I don't think they're losing twice. I don't think they're losing at all. 12-0. All right, so we're both going over Georgia. Also 11.5, I saw... Under is minus 180. They're plus 155 or plus 160s in that range to win the conference. Um, Fandle has them over 10 and a half at minus 250. The under is plus 210 to win the SEC East. They're minus 550. Obviously, these are going to be monster numbers. So they're plus 155 to win the conference. Alabama, a minus 140, minus 145 to win the conference. Kirby Smarty did it. He's 66 and 15 since he took over. He won this team a title last year. They went 14 and one, although a team has not repeated as champ in the SEC in a decade, uh, or actually has repeated as champ overall. Bama did it 11, 2011, 2012. It seems like everybody on this team got drafted, Harry. Uh, that, I mean, really, yeah. like, really? Uh, whatever. So they lose JT Daniels, Amir White's gone, yeah. Jermaine Burton, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, Chang Tadal. Uh, you know, Lewis sign, you know, the top five recruiting class in the country for the sixth straight year 
So that helps. You got Stetson Bennett taking snaps. He was the first walk-on to lead the team to a title. He's good, but we're reminded every time we see him, he's not a pro. So I don't know. We'll see how much this um, indoors. No Zamir White. No George Pickens. If three of their top four catch passers, uh, pass catchers do return, got that Brock Bowers at 13 touchdowns. Seven of the 11 starters on defense, as we mentioned, are gone. Uh, the D.C. is gone. Dan Lanning, he's at Oregon now. Uh, so that's a fun game. They start September 3rd against them. Aside from that first half of the schedule, uh, is easy. I don't think they'd run the table. Uh, there's no room for error. After the bye, they have Florida, Tennessee, at Mississippi State, at Kentucky. I think they're losing one or two. I could see them losing at Kentucky. I like under 11 and a half, even under 10 and a half, if you can get it, Harry. You agree with me on Georgia under. Yeah, you meant, you guys mentioned Burton's going to uh, Alabama, the rival. Uh, it's tough to repeat. I like the under two, and I don't think it's going to – tons of good fortune for Bennett and Kirby Smart last year. Maybe not so much this year. Sal, you mentioned plenty of players to the NFL, top two running backs from last year. Squad gone. You mentioned Samir White. He's with Bryant's Raiders. Uh, James Cook is in Buffalo. Um, like you mentioned, Burton, uh, again, gone. And you said they play Oregon start the season. That could be a toughie. Uh, you mentioned we we're also going to talk about Tennessee. I'm kind of all in on this Tennessee Vols team. I think they can upset Georgia when they play them at Kentucky, another team that's very good. Had a great season last year. That could be a tough game at Mississippi State. Florida might be on the rise there with new coaching staff and everything in Florida. I'm going to go under with Georgia as well, guys. It's just tough for this defense to be as good as they were last year, right? I mean, maybe they don't have to be, but for God's sakes, and the defensive coordinator going to Oregon, you're right. Huge, huge yeah. game. That they could lose, believe it or not. I know they're uh, going to be favored, but uh, you got to look at it that way. All right, Texas A&M, eight and a half is the over-under, um, minus 165 on the over-under, plus 140. They're 18-1 to win the conference. Um, they were 8-4 and four last year. Jimbo Fisher, they were solid. They beat Bama, but then lost two of the last three. They're going to need to replace uh, Zach Calzada, the, the quarterback, Isaiah Spiller, the running back, and their top receiver, Jalen Wittermeyer. Um, so, but, but number one recruiting class in the nation, number one, um, 2022 class includes seven, five-star signees, the most ever in one class, uh, 17 of the top hundred players quarterback wise. It's going to be Haynes King or Max Johnson from LSU or Connor Wegman. Um, running back is Devin Acknang led the power five with seven yards per carry last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's pretty good. He has to replace Isaiah Spiller. And the wide receiver, Aeneas Smith, is currently suspended following like a DWI, I think, from last in the offseason. Weapons, pot charges, a lot going, but most touchdowns of any returning SEC player. He had 17 over the last two seasons. He'll be back eventually. I like their schedule. At Alabama, again, I said it's a payback beatdown probably. Yeah. But no Kentucky, no Georgia. They're home versus Florida. Probably get nine and three outside shot at 10 and two for Jimbo Fisher. I go over. I agree with you here. So I know we'll get laying a lot here uh, at minus 165 for the eight and a half. Uh, it's a little bit of a strange team last year, right? Eight wins, um, beat Bama, but had some uh, terrible losses uh, too against some unranked teams. Yep. But like you're saying, in terms of their quarterback situation is a bit unsettled right now. But I think they're going to get a good one out of it regardless. You have Max Johnson, the LSU transfer, uh, mm -hmm. who I, I you know, threw 27 touchdowns to only six interceptions last year with a very mediocre LSU offense, or Haynes King, who can get the job done too. So I think they're going to come out with a good one. Like you said, we know 
We know how Saban feels about this number one recruiting class coming in for Texas A&M. Seven five-star recruits. What a, what a haul for Fisher. Um, yes, there's some bad blood. I do expect them to get pounded by Bama in Bama. Right. But Sam Houston, App State, UMass on their schedule. That's three wins right there. Their defense gave up 15 or less points in seven games last year. Uh, and they return about half their starters there on defense. 11 starters returning overall. Let's take the over. This team is on the rise, Texas A&M. Let's go over eight and a half wins. I like it. It might be my best SEC uh, bet for over on this. Haynes King uh, broke his leg. He was 2-0. Oh. Yeah, like you said, it's a three-headed brace there. Uh, yeah. But he was 2-0 and oh before he broke his leg. And uh, now come back. Looks like he's going to start uh, at least right here in the preseason, a couple weeks before the season yep. started. Looks that way. All right, now you have Florida. Um they're over under a seven. They're 45 and one, uh, 45 to one odds to win the SEC. That ain't happening. They were six and six last year. Then they lost the bowl game, I believe. Fandle has it over seven is minus 115. Um, to win the East, they're 16 to one. They have no Dan Mullen. Um, Billy Napier, first season from Louisiana Lafayette. That's, his team ruled the Sun Belt, but now they're playing with the big boys. This Florida team was two and six in conference. They didn't have a single all-SEC selection last year. It's crazy. So now I'm going to mention names that they, they're they losing. Emory Jones, who was, uh, you know, very frustrating to watch. Damian Pierce, the running back, he lit it up, right? He was one of the bright spots this weekend in the preseason, right, for uh, Houston. Uh, they like that. They lost Jacob Copeland, the wide receiver. The cornerback, Elam, was drafted in the first round. They fell from the number one passing offense in 2020 to 46 after losing Trask and Pitts, and Kadarius Toney. Um, Anthony Richardson, nine touchdowns, six turnovers. That's going to be their guy taking snaps. Defensively, they returned seven starters, but why? I mean, they gave up 52 to Stanford, right? Didn't they give up that many? I think that was 52. Uh, um, they, they do have bad. some notable five-star recruits. Uh, Brenton Cox, Jervin Dexter, Jason Marshall at cornerback. Um, but, you know, Utah, Kentucky, at Tennessee, that's three of the first four weeks. They have Georgia and at AM in the second half. They're middle of the pack. There are too many unknowns about this team. I'm going six and six for Florida, and that puts it under. I think, Brian, you agree with me. Yeah, I like the under too. Now, I will say I do really like the hire of Billy Napier. You yeah. know, for Louisiana Lafayette, yeah. he was outstanding. They only lost two games in the last two years. But it, yeah. it it's possible it might just it's gonna take a few years, right, to get them back to the top of this conference. A few things to like, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people do like Anthony Richardson, although he turned, you know, he kind of a turnover machine last year. And I will say they do have seven games at home, one on neutral site. So only really like four, four road right. games. And they do have a couple of gimmies, but you know, you get Utah to start right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Who I think Utah is going to be really good. I, I like them. And I'm sure well, we're going to sh- know right away, right? Sure, For yeah. both of those you're teams. Gonna, yeah. You're going to know right away, but I do really like Utah to start and, and you get Kentucky and Tennessee in two of the next three, which I think are going to be really tough. You know, you have A and M, Georgia, which are going to be losses. So LSU, South Carolina, those are going to be tough games. So you know, this team going six and seven last year. I think at most, I think at most they could get to seven and five. But I would lean definitely on the under for them. Yeah, the defense was just too bad. Too much to too much to recoup there. I mean, eleventh in the in the conference. All right, let's move on now. Tennessee. Uh, this is this is the darling pick, Harry. I know you're going to go over, and we'll talk about it. But everybody <laughs> loves this team. They're over on their seven and a half. Um, I mean, the over on the seven and a half is minus 170. They're 50 to one to win the SEC. They were seven and six last year after the bowl game. Um, 
to win the East Division there. They're 14 and 1. You got Josh Heupel, seven and six. Like I said, they were exciting to watch. I always seem to have a bet on them. Um, and they went from three wins in 2020 to seven. So that's pretty good. Returning from 2021 leaders in passing, Hendon Hooker. I know you love him, Harry. Uh, Jabari Small, the running back, and Cedric Tillman at receiver. That Those are the leading guys anyway. Uh, they need better balance, though. Number two offensively, number 12 defensively. Like I said, eight starters returning on offense. No Vellis Jones. He went to the Bears, right, as wide receiver. But this Hooker, incredible numbers. 34 touchdowns, two interceptions. Now, the problem was their pass defense was last in the SEC. So they have a bunch of 45-42 games in there. Their recruiting was okay, eighth in the conference, 17th in the nation. They have Bama, they have Kentucky, they're at Georgia. They have a weird game at Pitt. I'll give them the over, but I don't love it as much as everyone else. I'm going to say eight and four. Harry, what do you have them winning, 10 games? I do. I, I we, Listen, me and the boys called our buddy Brad, who's a huge Tennessee fan. I told mm. him I'm all in on the Vols <laughs> this year. I think Hendon Hooker is a sleeper Heisman pick. Sal, you mentioned he had like 30, 34 touchdowns, two picks last year, over uh, almost 3,000 yards. The trio of um, Hooker, Small, and Tillman are back. Um, I think this team, they have tremendous speed. Uh, top 10 scoring offense, first time since 1995. Heupel's terrific, and he was terrific in his first year in Knoxville. And you mentioned a little bit of their uh, schedule, Sal. Uh, their non-conference schedule, they have Ball State, they have Akron, and they have Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh was tremendous last year, but their offensive coordinator uh, is gone, and Kenny Pickett is gone. So new revamping of Pittsburgh, so that's a win for Tennessee, too. I think they can win 9-10 games, yeah. Hmm. And again, I think they can upset. I think they can upset Georgia. Interesting. You know, it's weird because their last win over a top 10 team came in 2000. Say so they have 39 straight losses. So they have to win the big game. They could beat up on the scrub teams for sure. Yeah. Um, and their last SEC title came in 1998. Been a long, long time since uh, Peyton Manning patrolled the uh, sideline there. All right. Old Miss, seven and a half, 50 to one odds to win the SEC. They were 10 and three last year, including the bowl game. Fandle has it seven and a half is uh, over uh, minus 140. Under is plus 120 to win that West division. They're 16 and one. This is Lane Kiffin's team, six and two in conference. Now they're going to have to place, uh, replace Matt Corral. So all these numbers I'm going to give you are misleading because it was all Matt Corral and Jerry and Ely and Dontario Drummond. I mean, this made up the offense. Um, they were 10th in recruiting in the conference, but the number two transfer class in the country this offseason, this is becoming big. They got Jackson Dart, the USC quarterback, running back Zach Evans from TCU and Ulysses Bentley from SMU. The number one total offense, again, could a lot have been Matt Corral for sure, um, but both uh, both seasons, the number one total offense under Lane Kiffin, that's pretty good. Dart, the USC transfer there, was 0-3 with them. He had a torn meniscus. He's going to compete with Luke Altmaier. Um, their scoring defense wasn't bad. It went from 117th, which is uh, the worst in the SEC, obviously, 117th overall to 51st overall and 8th in the SEC. They added Troy Brown. Uh, three-time All-Mac at Central Michigan. Ashim Young, he's a safety. So they did well in the transfer portal. Uh, Kentucky, Bama, at AM. They have a weird game at Georgia Tech early. I think they yeah. move back a little bit, Parley Kid. I'm going under. I think you're going over. I'm going 7-5 and five with Lane, Lane Kiffin's team. Too many good teams in this conference. 7-5 and five for Ole Miss. Uh, yeah, I debated that one too, Sal. Um I'm a fan of Lane Kiffin, though. I, I believe in Lane Kiffin. I think he can 
plug pieces in, in an offense and 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 make it work. Uh, like you said, you know, you got a debate now. What's more important, getting a top transfer class in or mm-hmm. a top recruiting class uh, coming in as freshmen? I think for an immediate fix, you're talking about these transfer classes, and they had a great one, second in the second in the country. That's rated at least second in the country. They won ten last year. For the first time, wait, Eli never won 10? Oh, geez, I didn't know that. Oh, uh, wow. QB Jackson, Jackson <laughs> Dart. So, big-time prospect coming out of high school. Yep. Uh, really didn't get it done at USC, but he's healthy now. Uh, he could be He could be just everybody's good. He could be, as as Corral was. And don't sleep on this running back transfer they got from tech, uh, TCU mm-hmm. named Zach Evans. Averaged seven yards a carry uh, for TCU last year and a pretty good sample size. He's going to be pretty big. South Troy. Central Arkansas, Tulsa, at Georgia Tech, home versus Kentucky, at Vandy. This team could be 6-0 and to start the season, uh, making this 7.5 look real good. I think they at least start 5-1 and uh, with that schedule right there. Lane Kiffin, good coach, 7-0 and at home last year. They'll win their home games. I'm taking the over 7.5. All right. Yeah, this is the one I'm shakiest on. I really am with Ole Miss. I don't know why. I mean, Lane Kiffin's a neighbor. Is that uh, Scott the Grizz? Didn't you see his wife at at Ralph's or something in the shopping center? Did I get that right, or am I making that up? He doesn't want to say anything. All right. Uh, thanks for that. He knows exactly what what she who she Scott, looks am like. Scott, am I making that up? What happened? Lane Kiffin's wife. Yeah. No. 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 Oh my God. No, are you? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Who did you see? <laughs> Whose wife did you see? I don't remember this. Really? Am I making? I'm was going it Liner's wife? I'm losing Sal, my mind. Maybe? No. Was well, are you talking about Nick? Well, there was reports Nick Saban's wife was seen around Austin back before Sarkeesian got. No, you saw someone, and I think you tried to grab her ass or something. Oh, no, good know. lord, right. sir! Right. I don't know. All right, forget it. Forget it. All right, what was Urban Meyer? Kentucky. They're over under is eight. 55 to one odds to win the SEC. They were 10 and three last year. See, this is one of the numbers where like 10 win team is going to win eight. I want to go over. Fandle actually has it at seven and a half minus 125 to the over um, and 40 to one to win the conference. 12 to win one to win the East division. This is Mark Stoops team. Uh, came in second in the SEC East behind Georgia last year. He's going to have to replace 13 of 22 starters from last mm. year. 13th best recruiting class in the country. The biggest losses of the wide receiver, Wondell Robbins. That's the giant, right? Giants, hopeful. That's you got to get that. And Josh Pascal on defense, a defensive. And quarterback Will Levis, 33 touchdown passes, 13 interceptions. He had 14 turnovers, though, which were tied for the most in the SEC. But uh, nine rushing touchdowns, second most out of SEC quarterbacks. Running back Chris Rodriguez Jr., Tavion Robinson. Those are going to be the guys. Now, they got the former 49ers quarterback coach, Rich Scangarello, is the offensive coordinator. So things are looking up, I think, for that offense. The line is going to have to replace both starting tackles, including an all-SEC center, Luke Fortner. Um, they had an average D in the SEC, top 25 in in football, three of the last four seasons, they lost Pascal, as I mentioned. Um, Jock Jones led the team with 85 tackles last season. J.J. Weaver's back. He led the team with six sacks last season. Looking at their schedule, at a conference, it's Louisville, it's Northern Illinois, it's Youngstown, Ohio, Miami, Ohio. If they don't get tripped up there, then they got Georgia, Tennessee, and at Florida. Uh, I'm going to be boring here, and I'm going to say exactly eight and four. So if the over-under you're looking at is an eight, 
stay away. If you can get Fandle over seven and a half at a price, uh, take it there. Harry, you like it over also. Yeah, I, I gave out Kentucky last year over, and it went way over. You told me uh, Clay Travis loved the under, and I said that was locked. So that worked out nice. <laughs> what a won surprise. that one over. Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> the one that won easy, it's how you mentioned Will Levis, the quarterback. He can beat you with his arm and his legs. Uh, nine rushing touchdowns, you said. Um, and the running back, Chris Rodriguez, had over 1,400 yards rushing last year. He's back. Weak non-conference schedule. Uh, the toughest team they play non-conference-wise, like you mentioned, was Louisville, and they beat them by 31 last year. In that rivalry that started, they finally got over the hump. They beat Florida last year, so they, they've got that in their back pocket. And they don't play LSU, who's a, you know average team, but still having to play LSU on the road could be tough. They don't have to play the Tigers, and they don't have to play Alabama. So, Harry, you must have like Ole Miss under or something, because if you have Tennessee and Kentucky over, I mean, all these like teams are around seven and a half, eight, right? I mean, who's going to who's gonna falter? Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, I listen, I, I just like, I'm on Tennessee, I'm on Kentucky this year. And I'm big. Tennessee could be one of these teams that just blows you away. I'm just telling you, that's my team this year. I know. I Iowa know. State was my team power. last year. Iowa State was the team last year. Yeah, that's Tennessee true. is my team this year. They blew us away too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Nobody looked that up. Iowa State was awful from from the whistle. Uh, Arkansas seven and a half wins, sixty to one to win the conference. They were nine and four last year. Fandle has it at seven. Uh, minus 115 on the over and 16 to one to win a division. This is Sam Pittman's team. Like I said, he went nine and four. He gave the fans a lot to be excited for. They finished uh, ranked in the AP poll for the first time since 2011. They won five of the last six. The only loss, I believe, was a one score game against Alabama. Quarterback KJ Jefferson, 27 total touchdowns, four interceptions. Pretty good. Second most rushing yards, 664 among uh, SEC quarterbacks. They lose Traylon Burks. Uh, he went to Tennessee, right? Titans. They lose Traylon Smith. They lost a lot of Traylons. Um, Traylon Smith went to TCU. Uh, they have four different players, though, rushed for 500 yards last year. So they kind of do it by committee. Defensively, they're in the middle of the pack, except for our guy, Bumper Poole, who's dynamite. Back-to-back all-SEC selections. They had the third most tackles in the conference last year with 125. They lost two guys in the secondary to LSU. I'm looking at their schedules. A tough non-conference games against Cincinnati, BYU, and Liberty. And then um, conference games against A&M, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, and Ole Miss. I'm sorry, Bumper. I'm going under. Feels like uh, seven and five, six or six. I know. But brother Brian Bellis out here because Bumper's going to be mad at us. But I, I, I just <laughs> like him right around even or seven and five. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I, I, we got to go with Bumper's team here. I, I mean, I think this right. is one of the few teams we have to root for, right, on the season. I do like this Arkansas team. Sam Pittman's done a great job with this group. You know, they had the huge leap last yep. year to 9-4. and four. You know, I would say last year they had two bad games, right? They had a bad game against Georgia. They had a bad game against Auburn. But, you know, they beat A&M last year. Super exciting games with Ole Miss and Bama that they could have technically won. You know, you bring back one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, well, some think he's one of the better quarterbacks in KJ Jefferson. Most of their offensive line is back. Kendall Browers is maybe the best offensive coordinator on the conference. Now, I will say kudos to Arkansas for having such a tough non-conference schedule. Like you said, Cincy right out of the gate's tough. Uh, BYU could be really good, and Liberty is mm-hmm. all you know. Liberty's been up and coming team, uh, but you know, I think if they win that first game against Cincinnati, you know, they could easily get off to a three and zero start. Mm-hmm. You know. I think it's an eight and four team, maybe seven and five um, mm-hmm. for a push, but I don't see them regressing necessarily to six and six. So I, 
again, I think this is a team we root for seven, five, eight, and four. Um, but uh, I, well, I, we're gonna I like root it for them anyway. I like You're it, right. I like I'm just, it over. I'm just trying no, to be I know, practical. I, know. It, I hear you. They were they had exciting games all last year, right? It just seemed like a lot of goal line stances, a lot of everything, right? Um, yeah. Third, not not great recruiting. Didn't help Bumper a little bit. They're thirteenth in the uh, in the conference. There recruiting twenty eighth um, nationally, and they lost like six guys to the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. This transfer portal, you really have to stay on top of it. That's crazy because it just it just changes the whole dynamic. Of everything. All right, last team we're going to go over here, LSU. Um, they're over under a seven. Unbelievable. Uh, six and seven last year. They're over under on Fandle, six and a half, minus 140. A uh, hundred to one to win the conference. Can you believe this? This team was dynamite just a few years ago. Now a hundred to one to win the West is 40 to one. And spaghetti, good news, Brian Kelly is here. All his super... Hype, white hype videos. He's not trying to be super white, but spaghetti. You're fa- you, root, <laughs> you wish Brian Kelly well. Uh, I do not wish him well, and every <laughs> every time he's spoken publicly, he's made a fool of himself. No one. The the recent one too. I don't know if you guys saw like when he's like yelling at the media for like not responding hello to him. Like the guy is just mm. he's lost his mind. I hope LSU wins two games. Wow. So uh, <laughs> spaghetti's going on. Well, bad news. Uh, well, good news. He's never won a New York New Year's Six game. Uh, or a BCS bowl game. He's 0-5. He's probably he's not going to win one this year because he's not going to get there. But each of the three previous coaches hired by LSU led the school to a national title. Nick Saban, Les Miles, Ed Orgeron. So, uh, but like you said, they had their first losing season in 22 years last year. New coordinators, both sides of the ball yeah. for the second straight season. Biggest losses, Max Johnson at quarterback, uh, Tyrion Davis-Price at running back. They had four starting offensive linemen are going to be out. They lose uh, Damon Clark as a linebacker. Stingley was drafted, right? First rounder, cornerback, another cornerback, Eli Ricks. They added Jaden Daniels, the ASU quarterback. They have Mm. a dozen transfer portal ads. They really went crazy. Their defense was 10th in the SEC. It seemed worse. It was even worse the the year before, I think. Um, You know, they added a bunch. Like I said, this transfer portal, they're going nuts. They added an Oklahoma kid, uh, seven banks from Ohio State. Um, They think kick things off with FSU, Tennessee's on the schedule, Bama at A&M, at Arkansas. I could see a five and seven in their future. I don't know about two wins, Spaghetti. I see no bowls and five and seven for LSU. Parley kid, you see over six and a half. Interesting. I, 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 I'm rolling with these overs here, which I don't love the fact that it just keeps popping over for me. But the bottom line is LSU was terrible last year, Sal. And they Mm -hmm. won six games and they won six games and they were bad. Right. Brian Kelly makes up for at least one, if not two games right there with this team. In my book, they had the number three transfer class come in here, including their possible quarterback and Jaden Daniels and Harry. You know, he was pretty good with ASU. Um, They eventually became so, you know, weren't a great team, but they were some nights that he was outstanding for that club. He's a dual threat. Uh, which is going to be great for Brian Kelly. Um, maybe a better quarterback than he ever had at Notre Dame. I hate to say it, but he might have a guy here that's better than anybody ever coached at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. They have a running back right now named John Emery, who was a five-star recruit. He was ineligible last year, but he's back this year. Uh, big-time running back. Sal, wide receiver, Kayshawn Booty, um, what, maybe one of the top two or three receivers in the country. Mm-hmm. Their first four, so they have a neutral site game against Florida State. I think they win that. 
Southern at home versus Southern, home versus Mississippi State, home versus New Mexico. Four and zero start. This team's going over six wow. and a half wins. Take it minus one forty. Oh no, spaghetti! That's no good for you, right? You don't want four and zero. Is Notre Dame even going to be four and zero? No, they will not. Uh, probably not. They they have Ohio State right off the bat. So <laughs> if if memory serves me right, though, didn't Darren? Weren't you big on LSU last year? At least yes, week one, they got steamrolled. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Yep. I'm trying to look that up because obviously they have odds out on <laughs> Daniels. My, uh, Darren, Iowa you might be right though. Last Darren, year. D- Daniels in the right system might fit and it might work here, but a lot of at the end of the season and more more towards the middle part to the end of the season last year at, L- at ASU, Daniels was kind of a disappointment. Really couldn't get the ball going, couldn't pass it. He could run a bit. They got terrible but, coaching at ASU. Yeah. That's why too. <laughs> they did. Let me find this. Uh, what they're what that line? Because I'm curious what the line is there. Uh, for the LSU. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. LSU is a three and a half point favorite for yeah. Florida State. All right. Yep. That's doable. All right. Uh, and so this is going to be unsatisfying, but we're going to pick winners of the SEC. Uh, Alabama is minus 145. And I just, I don't know. I've, if, I, if I have them going undefeated, I have to think they're going to win the SEC, right? And everybody's in step, right? Harry, Bama, 45, yeah. Parley Kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, loaded. Saban's pissed. I mean, he didn't like Kirby yep. Smart and Georgia beating them. He's pissed at uh, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, he's probably got uh, the Heisman Trophy winner and Bryce Young again. Very possibly he could win back to back. So, sure, I'm on Alabama, unfortunately. The one thing, Paulie Kid, is they don't play Georgia in the regular season. So, I don't know who this helps. This is, um, we could see that it's just one team making it from the SEC, which would be odd to our eyeballs at this point. Which would be but, nice, though, yeah. in a way, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we'll check that out. Brian, you, you, all you have to add, right? You like Bama, but you like Kentucky to win the uh, East, right? Yeah, I mean, I, you got to love Bama. I mean, the one thing is, again, obviously an injury to Young changes everything, so you'd have mm-hmm. to be worried about that a little bit. But, yeah, I was looking at some of the odds, right? They have SEC East division winners, SEC West division winners. I think you got to look to the East to find any type of value. Yep. So I thought, you know, and I know Kentucky lost a bunch of players, but I think, you know, having one of the best QBs in college football, Stoops was really good for them and they've improved so much. I do think they pose somewhat of the threat. And I think they're, I think they're what, 12 to one. To, uh, I have to look this up quick, but I think I have them at 12 to, win to the one East? to win the, yeah, they're 12 to one to win the East. So I thought that was, yeah, why not? I thought that Game was pretty good. You know, year. a couple of those teams, like Harry said, you know, Kentucky, Tennessee, maybe, maybe it makes sense to, you know, take an look at, them for the east but uh yeah you know george is still gonna be so good i mean it's hard to say all right well maybe we'll uh disagree on the big 10 although i don't think i don't think we will well let's check it out we're gonna go over nine teams in the big 10 in just a minute but let's take a quick break All right, we just went over the sec we're back with the big 10 and who's on top well it's ohio state even though they stumbled last year, 10 and a half is the over under minus two fifty. If you like the over uh, 11 and a half, you can go and then go under minus one sixty. It's very confusing. They're minus two fifteen to win the conference. They were 11 and two last year. All said and done. Fandle has the over at 11 and minus one thirty. Uh, Ryan day 34 and four. This was the first time last year that they didn't win the big 10 since 2016, but they're 29 and one in the last 30 games versus big 10 opponents. The only loss obviously came to Michigan last year. Um, first in scoring offense last year, ninth in scoring defense. That was what's troublesome. CJ Stroud back Trayvon Henderson, Ooh. Jackson Smith, Najiba, 
Um, and then on defense, Zach Harrison, cornerback Denzel Burke, Ronnie Hickman. Biggest losses, though, Chris Olave, wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, you know, Patet Ferrer, the tackle, Haskell Garrett, the defensive tackle. But they have the best recruiting class, no surprise, in the Big Ten, fourth best in the nation. What could you say about Stroud? He broke Ohio State's single-season record for passing yards, about 370 a game, very efficient, 72%. Um, Henderson, running back, like I said, 19 touchdowns last year. Uh, Smith Najiba led the Big Ten and set Ohio State singles. I mean, they, their receivers are ridiculous, right? So even if they lose the top two to, to the draft, the first rounders, this guy had 1,600 receiving yards last season. Um, mm-hmm. The defense, like I said, lost Haskell Garrett, Tyreek Smith, Seven Banks. They were the worst red zone defense. That was the problem in the Big Ten. They were 124th in all of FPS. Their pass defense was 97th. It wasn't, wasn't a team you were used to. Um, they do have five-star players on defense. Zach Harrison, uh, Jack Sawyer. I'm looking at their schedule. Notre Dame, there it is, Spaghetti, September 3rd. Boomer bust, Wisconsin, September 24th. So two tough ones in the first three or four weeks. Then they're at Michigan State. They're at Penn State. They end in the horseshoe versus Michigan. I think the question is, do they lose zero, one, or two games? I think those are our options. And I'm going to say they lose once. And it might be since someone weird, like not weird, but at Michigan State. Watch out for that game. I think that's their loss. I would go under 11 and a half. Bri, you're taking it a step further. You think they win, they lose two games at least. You're going under 11. Yeah, I'm going to go under 11. It's, uh, you know, because I feel like this is probably a push here. I mean, I do think probably 11 1 makes sense. Like you were saying, Stroud, I mean, he was phenomenal. His accuracy was off the mm. charts last year, especially late in the season. Uh, but, you know, offensively, they're going to be awesome, right? You have, between Stroud and Jigba, Henderson, they're going to miss Olave and Wilson. But y- you saw in that Utah game, right? Like Marvin Harrison Jr. was a phenomenal. Right. Jigba had one of the best receiving games ever, right? Which is amazing to think for all these good Ohio State wide receivers. And like you said, qu- the difference is going to be their, their, their defense is going to be the question mark for them, right? They That was like the first year they were kind of bad, uh, Below average. They got a new defensive coordinator, got a new right? Defensive, Coombs is out. Right. Yep. New defensive coordinator. So, you know, if this team gets back to being really good defensively like they've been in the past, they yeah, they could go undefeated. But when you have – I mean, I do think they beat Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame always struggles with these elite teams. But if you have Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Iowa, Penn State, Michigan, yeah, you probably get tripped up once there, right? They're going to have – they're yeah. going to have one or two close games with those teams. So I think – 11 and one is probably where they're going to be, but I'm going to say because of those six games that, you know, the more likelihood is that they trip up twice versus none. So I'm going to go under 11. Well, yeah, I think that's a good bet. A lot of tough games on the schedule. And, but in terms, it's sad that in terms of who's going to win the conference, you, all you really look at is, um, all right, uh, who's playing Ohio state, Michigan, which one of them is Ohio state for the most part. Oh my God. They're at home. And they owe them a beating. Yeah, so that doesn't look good for Michigan, who's over under is nine and a half. They're six to one. Six to one to win this uh, conference. 12 and two last year. Fandle has it nine and a half over is the minus 125. Harbaugh, 61 and 24 record overall. He stole that Big Ten title from Ohio State. Uh, well, we beat him in the regular season and then beat up uh, on Iowa in the uh, Big Ten championship game. They snapped that eight-game losing streak against Ohio State, 15-point win. They um, lost to eventual champ 
Georgia 34-11 in the Orange Bowl. These teams are just too good. They replaced both coordinators this offseason after losing Josh Gaddis to Miami. And Mike McDonald went to the Ravens, I believe. Hassan Haskins is gone. Aiden Hutchinson's gone. David Ajobu is gone. Uh, Josh Ross, Daxton Hill. So those are going to be tough to replace. They had the number one rushing offense in the Big Ten, 214 yards a game. But again, Haskins is gone. They have Blake Corum replacing him. He had over 1,000 scrimmage yards and 11 touchdowns. Quarterback-wise, Cade McNamara, all Big Ten last year, 16 total touchdowns, six interceptions. He's 12-3 and as a starting quarterback. And then they recruited J.J. McCarthy, the highest-graded recruit of the Jim Harbaugh era, five stars. Seven total uh, touchdowns, two interceptions as a true fresh freshman last year. So you got to replace Haskins. You have to improve from the number 95 scoring defense in college football. Uh, and they did that. They went to number eight in 2021. They're going to need to replace seven of the 11 starters, including Hutchinson. And uh, uh, Jobo, I said, top 10 and uh, top two in the Big Ten in sacks. They did the third best job recruiting in the conference, but it's still a tall, tall order. They have no true test really until October 1st at Iowa, Penn State, Michigan State, at Ohio State. I see it as nine and three. Nine and three gets you under. So, Harry, you disagree with me. Yeah, I'm going to go over. Uh, look, Harbaugh could have left. He could have left for the Vikings. He decided to stay, signed that big contract. You mentioned McNamara, backs out, great uh, game manager. Also, McCarthy comes in at times. Uh, played very well last year when he needed uh, to fill in. Uh, you mentioned Haskins is gone. He's with the Titans. Yeah, but Corum, 1,100 yards, fills in very fast, running back. He'll fit, fit in nicely. And uh, yeah, the schedule, this is eight home games, and it really couldn't get any easier. The non-conference is Colorado State, Hawaii, and possibly the worst team in all college football with UConn. And then they have Maryland, Penn State, who's a bit down. Michigan State revenge game there tripped them up last year. Nebraska and Illinois. I'm going to go over here. I think they get ten. I think they may get eleven. Mm, wow, eleven. All right. So they, Harry? They, they, they 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 finally got finally got over the hump, taking out Ohio State, and I think Ohio State's got some holes in them. And I think I think Michigan go go into the horseshoe and maybe beat them again. Well, they're going to have to for uh, your pick, and I can tell it in your voice. You're going with them to repeat as Big Ten champions. Um, Wisconsin, I don't know what we do with this team. Fando has the over under nine plus one ten on the overside. You can find eight and a halfs out there. They're eleven to one to win the conference. They were nine and four last year. They're plus one seventy to win the West. Paul Christ. He could be on the hot seat. Back-to-back unranked finishes for the first time since 2002-2003. Uh, Although they did win eight of the last nine. They shook up the coaching staff this year. Uh, new offensive coordinator, Bobby Ingram. Got a new offensive line coach, ten, uh, tight end coach. Uh, they have the fewest returning starters in the yeah. Big Ten. I think eight. Uh, they've committed the most turnovers in the Big Ten. They were a sloppy team. It wasn't really Wisconsin football. But the quarterbacks are just brutal every year. They just are, Parley Kid. Really, Graham Mertz, 150 passing yards again. I know that's not their thing, but 10 passes, 11 interceptions. You basically need, in a lot of these games, believe me, I'm having my money line parlays all the time, you need these guys to make like three <laughs> good throws a game, and they don't do it. He had 15 turnovers, which is the most committed by any player in the Power Five. Uh, Braylon Allen had 1,268 rushing uh, yards and 12 touchdowns. It's a true freshman. He'll be good. They're going to need to replace top three receivers, uh, and including a two-time all 
Big Ten tight end Jake Ferguson. Of course, of course, they have a Big Ten, all Big Ten tight end, Jake Ferguson. Uh, they'll replace him with another country farm boy right there. They had the number one defense in the Big Ten. I mean, it's the same team every year. Top 10 yep. scoring defense in six of the last seven seasons. They lose eight of 11 starters. Um, they added cornerbacks Jay Shaw as a 2021 All-Pac-12 selection at UCLA. And Cedric Dort, he started uh, 25 games at Kentucky. They're at Ohio State. They're at Michigan State. They're at Iowa. They have a weak non-conference. Weak enough to give me nine and three when it all shakes out. I'm not that excited about it. I think Paul Chris gets it done kind of nine and three. Wisconsin, boring team. Exactly what you're looking for there. And then a Wisconsin team. Parley Kid, do you think eight and four or worse? Yeah, look, it's it's under nine, right? So if this number was nine and a half, I'd I'd love, love the under. And uh if it was eight and a half, I'd probably love the over. I think the worst case I get a push out of this mm-hmm. here. Uh, on, on this uh, on this bet, so like you said, they return the least starters in the Big Ten, uh, three on the defensive side, which is always their strong suit. Five on the offensive side. We know they have a great running game. Braylon Allen, uh, once they inserted him in the lineup last year, uh, you know he he helped their offense greatly. But the bottom line is they need to bet more passing. Mertz is just not the guy who's going to get it done here, uh. especially when they're already losing their three top receivers. The three top pass catchers are gone. Yep. Where is their passing game going to come from? So no matter how good Braylon Allen is, this offense is going to struggle. The defense is turning over a little bit because they're only returning three starters. Sal, at Ohio State, at Michigan State, at Iowa, mm-hmm. could be three losses. Nine wins maximum. They lose something somewhere else in there. Let's take the under nine here at minus 130. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I'm finding an eight and a half and going over. I'm not, you know, I wouldn't go over nine. That's for yeah. damn sure. So I think it's either yeah. nine and three or eight and four somewhere. All right, Penn State, another team. They're eight and a half also, although Fandle has them at eight at minus 145. Um, there was seven and six last year after the bowl game, 16 to one to win the conference. James Franklin's team's 11 and 11 over the last two years. I'd say he's another one on the hot seat, except he got a 10-year extension last year, so I don't know where that leaves them. Mm. Um, they were 5-0. and oh. This is amazing to me because uh, I don't love him. John Clifford was 5-0, and oh, and then they were 2-6 and six following his injury. They lose Noah Kane, the running back. They lose Jahad Dotson. Uh, Jahan Dotson. Um, their offensive line struggled. They had the second-worst rushing offense and most sacks allowed in the Big Ten last year. I mentioned Clifford 21-12 and 12 in three seasons as a starter. It just doesn't seem like it. 68 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. Um, they also have Drew Aller. He's a Penn State's first five-star quarterback. Signs a number four quarterback in the 2022 class. First top five, a five-star since Christian Hackenberg on this team. Uh, Kayvon Lee led Penn State in rushing each of the last two seasons. <clears throat> 438 yards and 530 yards. I mean, that's pathetic. That's a leading rusher. 438 and 530 in the last two years. A defense Tied for second in the Big Ten. They hired Manny Diaz, the former Miami head coach, as defensive coordinator after Brent Pry left to, to head coach uh, Virginia Tech. They're going to need to replace seven starters. They got a good pass rusher. Uh, Adisa Isaac is back after missing last season with a torn Achilles. We'll learn a lot in that first game at Purdue. That's a fun one. And then they're at Auburn. They're at Michigan. They have Ohio State. They have Michigan State. It feels like eight and four. I can't get too excited about this offense to go out and win nine games. So I'm going to say eight games right there. So it's a push on Fandle. If you could find eight and a half, go under. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go under 
eight, eight or eight and a half. If you go under eight, it's plus 125 on FanDuel. But this team's been underperforming for the last two years. I do know they have good, you know, their recruiting ranks are, are very high for this year, but I, that's not going to necessarily help them this year. I just don't think this team necessarily wins nine games, right? Ohio State and likely Michigan are losses. Now you now you can really only trip up one more time. That almost means you have to beat, you know, you almost have to win in Purdue. You almost have to win in Auburn. And then you mm-hmm. still get Michigan State. You get Minnesota, who I think is going to be very good. You know, you bring back Clifford for the, seems like he's been the quarterback since about 2015. Been around forever. And, you, yeah. you know, they have some more skill kids back. But like you said, their offensive line was poor last year. Can they fix that in the season? Maybe not. Defensively. Uh, they were very good. I don't think they will be as good as they were last year. Manny, def- Manny Diaz will be a good D coordinator, but I just don't think they'll be as good. I would just, I think if you're going to get plus money here, just the way they performed the last uh, two years, I would say take the under eight. What was their terrible? Was it Illinois? Oh, they had that, that game they lost oh. in overtime where nobody could score. Uh, that was, oh, that, was, that was my worst. Yeah. I think that was my worst college loss. Last year. <laughs> yeah. That was so bad. They didn't even deserve to get the overtime that game, and I had them. All right, Iowa, uh, seven and a half. The over under, um, twenty to one to win the conference. They were ten and four last year, four to one to win the West side of this uh, conference. Kirk Ferentz, twenty fourth year. My God, it's crazy. Took his team to a Big Ten title game. They got mauled 42-3 by Michigan, but they have the second most wins. This surprised me. Second most wins of any Big Ten program over the last four years. Ohio State 44, Iowa 35. Um, I think they were about, they were 6-0 before coming back down to earth. They had the best turnover differential in the Big Ten last year. That could be tricky. They were plus 12, so maybe they were a little lucky. Depends how you look at that. They lost running back Tyler Goodson. He was a stud. Charlie Jones, Tyler Linderbaum, obviously that center. Went uh went high, uh, Matt Hankins the quarterback this this the cornerback the quarterback trade off they have is Spencer Petrus and Alex Ooh. Padilla they combined not good twelve touchdowns eleven interceptions Petrus had two touchdowns and eight turnovers and four losses Padilla completed forty two percent of passes and three starts their defense returned seven starters um, defensively they were great I mean they only. FBS team to hold opponents to under 20 points a game in each of the last six six seasons. 35 of 36 opponents under 28 points. Um, Jack Campbell led the country 143 tackles. Riley Moss, an All-American selection. So they have some studs out there. Lucas Van Ness led all Big Ten freshmen with seven sacks. Uh, They have to replace Hankins and Dane Belton, the safety. Here's their schedule. Iowa State, Michigan, at Ohio State, at Purdue, Wisconsin, at Minnesota. I don't love this one. It's a tough schedule. It's either seven or five or eight and four. I'm going to go a little light here. I know Parlay Kid, you're going to take a chance over. Um, I know Ferenc has a competitive squad, but uh, I'm going to go light. I go seven and five, and uh, that puts it under. Hmm. Well, I'm going to go over here again, Sal. It's, I'm going to go over the <laughs> seven and a half at minus 105. I think I'm getting a pretty good number here. Uh, the Big Ten West winner last year. Um, they returned seven starters on both sides of the ball, so uh, a lot of a lot of depth returning. Like you said, I think what, what you, you already mentioned. I think an incredible stat, Sal, that in thirty-five of their last thirty-six games, they've held opponents under twenty-eight points. Yeah, in this in this day and age, almost unheard of. Yep. Like you said, linebacker Jack Campbell led the country in tackles last year. Big Ten cornerback of the year, and Riley Moss is fantastic. Sal, that beginning of the schedule, 
uh, should win at least four out of their first five, should be 4-0 oh out of the gate, as long as they handle Iowa State, their rival, at home in game two, an early game against them. 4-0 and oh is where they should start. Basically, got to go 500 the rest of the way. Yeah. Iowa's just that type of team. They grind out wins. Their quarterback situation is not good. It's like it's like Wisconsin. It is not good. Spencer Petras, though, I think he does have the potential. He's a big kid with a big arm. Does have a potential to greatly improve. So let's roll with the over seven and a half at minus one hundred five for Iowa here. All right. I mean, this is a very difficult task, right? We're going to go over six teams who's over under seven and a half, I believe. And you just got to pick which three are going to go over and which are going to go under or four and yep. two or whatever. It's very, it's, uh, it's almost as tough as putting together a pitchback net. If, you're like, if I gave you three <laughs> days to put together a net, could you do it? No. Could you pick the over uh, under and seven and a half? So I don't know. All right, Nebraska, <laughs> seven and a half, 22 to one. So now this is interesting. Why are they seven and a half? They were three and nine last year. Um, Fandel has the over at minus 120 on seven mm. and a half. Uh, plus 350 to win the West. What's going on? Scott Frost's fifth season. They have He's not responsible for one of these, but they have five straight losing seasons. It's the longest streak mm. since in like 60 years, more. Um, oh. One and eight record versus the Big Ten last year. They were 10th recruiting in the conference in 2022. The biggest loss is Adrian Martinez. You know, they Adrian Martinez says, can I please play a 10th year for Nebraska? Can no I kidding. do it? No can kidding. I do it? No. Right. And they're like, no, you can't do it. Adrian Martinez was mentioned in Better Call Saul. I don't know if anybody watches, but they're like watching a game. And I think it's supposed to be from like 2013 or so. I don't know what it is, but Martinez <laughs> is mentioned. They lose him. They lose the receiver, uh, Samori Tar, uh, tight end Austin Allen. You know, they lose a bunch of names. The center, Cam Jurgens is out. So now they have Casey Thompson, Texas transfer. There you go. Uh, led the Big 12 passing, 24 passing touchdowns last year. He only had a four and six record. Uh, 25 touchdowns, nine interceptions, and 10 starts overall. Uh, uh, Ramir Johnson led Nebraska running backs, 495 rushing yards and four touchdowns. I don't know. They have a bunch of Juco players jumping in a defense 22.7 points per game were the fewest by Nebraska since 2010. So that's what keeps them alive. But they have to replace JoJo Doman, uh, Cam Teller-Britt, um, interception leader Deontay Williams. You know, they have Luke Reimer. He had 109 tackles. They have Nick Henrich. He led Big Ten freshman with 99 tackles. They play Northwestern and Ireland in two weeks less. That's going to be fun. Wow. We're going to learn a lot there. Then they have Oklahoma. That's a big out-of-conference game. At Purdue, Michigan, at Iowa, Wisconsin, I'm going under. I don't like this offense at all. I don't know what I'm looking at here. I, you know, again, um, Scott Frost, another guy on the hot seat. I think they're a seven with two. I don't know how you'd say they go from set a three to eight wins if you're taking the over. I'm going to go under. I feel like I'm taking everybody under. Harry, you're going over. I'll tell you how over Sat. So they restructured uh, Scott Frost's contract. Um, so he's still there. It's been kind of snake bitten. The team was last year too, but they lost nine games. You mentioned that nine games last year, but by an average of six points per game, that's it. Crazy for college football to lose that many games by just such a small margin. They did get offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was the third ranked team in scoring last year at 42 points per game. You mentioned uh, they got quarterback in the transfer portal, Casey Thompson from Texas. 
Grizz's guy. They also got a, a very good wide receiver from LSU and Trey Palmer. The game against North uh, against Northwestern, who's very down, they're predicted to be one of the worst teams in the Big Ten in Ireland. So that's a neutral field game. And then they have four straight home games. It's time for Scott Frost to finally get some luck, get something to go right for him, turns the team around, they go over seven and a half, they get to eight wins this year. All right, forget about Scott Frost. What about Scott Holmes? What do you think of Casey Thompson, Texas transfer? Is he uh, I think he's really good. I, I, he performed really, really well at times. He was plagued with a hand injury last year, and uh, I mm. expect him to do really well. Right. Didn't you try to grab his ass in the grocery store? <laughs> uh, yeah. It was his wife. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. I feel bad. Mrs. Right. Thompson. <laughs> it's Mrs. Thompson. All right. Minnesota. Here we go. Another seven and a half. Seven and a half over under wins. The over is minus 130. 28 to one odds to win the conference. Uh, five to one odds to win the West side of this conference. They were nine and four last year. PJ Fleck, nine plus wins in two of the last three seasons. They return. I'm surprised you didn't jump on this uh, team, Harry. They returned four years starting quarterback Tanner Morgan about it. and Muhammad Ibrahim, uh, top uh, former Big Ten running back of the year, uh, busted up his leg last year. Over half the starters from a top 10 defense. Uh, Morgan, the quarterback at his best year, broke Minnesota's single season records for passing 3,253, 30 touchdowns. Um, and then he's got his offensive coordinator back from 2019. Yeah. That was what those were stats from 2019. Yep. Kirk Ciaracha. Um, that's uh, so he's happy there. Big losses. They're going to have to replace four or five starters on the offensive line. Connor Olson plays Andres and Daniel Fellel. Uh 17.3 points per game allowed last season were the fewest by Minnesota in 22 years, but they do need to replace the top three in pressures. They were last in the conference recruiting in 2022. I'm looking at their games at Michigan State, at Penn State, at Wisconsin. Lots of boom or bust potential. New offensive line, replaces the starters at defense and a poor recruiting class, I think leaves them at seven and a half. I'm going to go under. I'm going on all the unders on the seven and a half. Farley kid, you're taking the over. I'm taking all the overs here, Sal. This is a uh-huh. nine-win team from last year. And I didn't think they played great at times last year, and they still won nine games. <clears throat> Three out of their four losses, Sal, by the way, were one possession losses, too. So mm-hmm. this number could have been uh, higher in terms of the uh, the win total. Mo Ibrahim is back, Harry, as, as a yes, running back. Yes. I know he's one of your favorites, um, somebody that used to roll with a lot. Uh, he's he's super talented. Tanner Morgan's 27 career wins, and you got to like a guy that's as bald as Harry and I. Uh, this guy, mm-hmm. you know, he's if uh, Tanner Morgan, what, you know, just shaves his head down. He doesn't care. He's a winner. He knows how to win. His best year was 2019. He's going back three years. But like you said, Sal, his offensive coordinator from that year is back. If he can duplicate that mm-hmm. season, uh-huh. Minnesota is going to have a great year. Uh, and gonna, they're going to be a super sleeper this year. P.J. Fleck. Really good coach. Really good coach. They just signed him to an extension. Great move by Minnesota. They returned 13 starters overall between the offense and defense. Their defense was the second best in the Big Ten last year. Um, Four to their first five. I think they started four and one, and they got two gimmies to start the year. So Mm. I'll take the over here, seven and a half. Minnesota's my team this year. This is a team I'm following pretty strongly. All right. Uh, I'm rooting for them big time this year. Nice. All right. Well, 
I'm looking at all these seven and a half. It's unbelievable how all these land on seven and a half with these good teams. Mm-hmm. So Michigan State is also seven and a half. And I think this is a fishy, fishiest of line. Yeah. I mean, we were 11 and two last year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel Tucker's third year, the biggest se- single season turnaround in school. I guess that's the reason. He went from two wins in 2020 to 11 wins in 2021. So now you have to figure out what the hell this team is doing. Like I said, seven and a half is their over under. Um, they started the season eight and no, and I think they were like number five by the end of uh, October, and then they lost two of the next three to Purdue and Ohio State. They lose Kenneth Walker the third. He's a Seattle Seahawk now. Jalen Naylor is a wide receiver. They lose mm-hmm. Connor Hayward the tight end. They have a bunch of losses. They have a bunch of notable transfer portal ads. Uh, Jalen Berger from Wisconsin, the running back. Another running back, Jarek Broussard from Colorado. They have a tight end from Minnesota, uh, from Illinois out there. Defensive end from Florida, Chris Bogle. Their quarterback, Peyton Thorne, 262 yards per game, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions last season. Second most touchdowns in the Big Ten. Like I said, they added running backs, J- Jarek Broussard from Colorado, a former Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year in 2020, and Jalen Berger from Wisconsin. Wide receiver Jaden Reed. They did well uh, filling in here mm. offensively. They returned nine starters on defense. Uh, Jacob Slade, all Big Ten selection, had 40 pressures last year. Xavier Henderson tied the team with 96 tackles, along with Cal Halliday. Um, they're at Washington Week 3. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State's on the schedule. I, I think from 11-2 and two to 8 is a pretty big regression. I feel like this is, I have nothing else. And then I just keep going unders with these seven and a half teams. Um, it just seems like they're begging you to take the over. I'm going under. I don't see the defense improving enough, actually. Seven five is what I'm saying. Harry, you actually agree with me. Yeah, I'm going to go under two. I, I, they were very fortunate last year in some of these games. Probably should have lost at home to Nebraska. Should have probably lost to Penn State. Tucker got that big contract. He can relax now. You mentioned Sal, Kenny Walker uh, with the Seahawks. Uh, he was uh, a lot of times last year, he was uh, the Heisman Trophy uh, favorite. Um, he was, had a tremendous year, but they got to fill that hole. You mentioned Jalen Naylor gone. Now he's with the Vikings as well. Um, I'm going under with a seven and a half tier too. I just think it's a fishy number as well. And I'm going to go under uh, with Spartans. I think they have, well, you mentioned that they could, they, they're at Washington. That could be a tough one. Um, and if they lose that and then they play, Penn State on the road, Michigan on the road, payback from Michigan in that game. If Michigan puts a pounding on them, puts a real pounding on them, that may trigger them to really tank in the second half of the season. So I'm going to go under seven and a half. I think they get to seven and uh, they make a bowl game, but not a great season for the Spartans this year. I mean, I'm looking at all these seven and a halfs that I'm taking under. So that must mean that I think Illinois, who's expected to win four and a half, we're not going to preview these teams. Maryland expected to win six. Indiana expected to win four. Northwestern four. Rutgers four. Um, I, I guess I think they're going to pull up upsets all over the damn place. Um, one team they're not going to beat. This is my strongest pick over under wise. Purdue, seven and a half. The overs plus 125. You get 30 to one odds. Uh, they were nine and four, 30 to one to win the conference. They were nine and four last year, six to one to win the Western side of the conference. Their nine wins last year were the most of the Jeff Brom era and the most by Purdue in a season since 2003, since who was quarterback, Harry? 2003? Yeah. Um, he's going to get it. I think he's going to get it. It's a pro. Went pro. Anybody? Tough. Darren? Yeah, why can't I think who it was after Breeze? 
That's all right. I have to Kyle Orton. Um, Kyle Orton. Orton. Yeah. 2003. Uh, yep. So they won That's nine. Right. That was the last time. They beat number wow. two Iowa and Bears number three number three Michigan State by double digits. Uh, quarterback Aiden O'Connell ranked second in the Big Ten completion percentage, 71.6, uh, 309 yard passing. They had 28 passing touchdowns, only behind Ohio State CJ Stroud. They're going to have to replace the second leading receiver, Milton Wright. He had seven touchdowns, 732 yards because he was ruled academically ineligible for 2022. But but without Bell or Wright available in 2021, the Music City Bowl, they beat Tennessee and Aiden O'Connell at 534 passing yards and five touchdowns. The defense was average. They had seventh. They returned eight starters. Uh, they're going to have to replace um, – all Big Ten tight end, George Carl Laftis. Uh, he was a first-round pick. Branson Dean had four and a half sacks. They're going to be all right, I think. Um, 28 pressures last year. They opened with Penn State. There's no Ohio State. There's no Michigan. There's no Michigan State. They have Iowa at home. This is my strongest pick. I like Aiden O'Connell. I like Jeff Brom. I like Purdue over seven and a half even, Brother Bry. You like them over seven. Yeah, well, I'll take, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll I'll take them over seven and a half too at plus 125. So it's funny, at first I was looking, at first I was thinking under, I thought maybe they overachieved last year, but I will say that no team screwed me more than Purdue last year. I couldn't yeah. tell me how many times I went yeah. against them, especially yeah. late in the season. They ended up screwing me game after game, but maybe things are finally clicking for Brom and this team. I mean, week one's going to be huge at home yep. against Penn State, right? It's a crucial game for them. You know, so I think if you look at their schedule out of the gate, they're they're probably going to be three or one or four and zero, oh, right? And then mm. th- that leads into a tough game into Minnesota, which is going to be that's going to be tough. Maryland at Maryland could be tough too, but Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, but I think they're going to win a few of those games. You know, you said they won nine last year, and they ended winning five of six, and you know, like they had those really good wins. They beat Iowa, they won at Nebraska, Michigan State, and that Tennessee yeah. game. So, like you were saying with Aiden O'Connell, he's Probably the second best quarterback in this conference. Uh, David right. Bell might have been a big loss for them because at times he was really good. But like you said, in that bowl game, they st- he still performed just as well. So even though this team screwed me last year, I'm going to go over uh, the seven and a half as well. All right. So we're left with, and I mean, I think that we know which way we're going. So Ohio State, not much fun. It's minus 215 around to win the conference right around there. So if you like them to beat Michigan basically in the last game of the season, and you like them to take care of whoever else on the other end, Wisconsin or Iowa, whoever comes out of that side, you kind of have to pick them. And I do, I think they lose one game. And so I think they win the, the big 10 and I don't know, uh, brother, Bry, you agree, Darren, you agree too, right? Ohio state. Yeah. Ohio state. Yeah. So Harry loaded, too loaded. Yeah. Make your case, Harry for Michigan one more time. Oh, I think Harbaugh wants to prove that last season wasn't a fluke. I he agree with that. Ohio I'll State. agree with that. I think he wants to prove uh, last season wasn't a fluke. Um, <laughs> listen, you mentioned Ohio State. Garrett uh, Wilson gone. Alave gone. You mentioned the secondary is a little soft, Sal. Yeah. They lost their best cornerback in Bryson Shaw, transferred to USC. Michigan still has plenty of weapons. On Michigan offense. lost the best player in the draft. <laughs> I don't know what. I, I don't know. Well, All right. You know, sure. But I still think on offense, they have plenty of weapons, a quarterback to back. Corum, I think, will do a great job. And I think they win in the horseshoe and they get it done and they take down Ohio State again. All right. So you get good odds for that, right? At least did we say six to one? Six to one. Yeah, Yeah. I think it is. Um, So that's that. All right. Did we do it, guys? Did we just go over 18 games, 18 teams? Banged it out. 
full thorough analysis. Me pretty impressive. I'm not I was yeah, actually not able to pronounce um, names that I read six <laughs> hours ago for the first time. It's very exciting. All right. We are going to do it all again tomorrow, whether you like it or not. We're teasing the ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12. We won't do nine for each conference. We'll probably do four or five from each conference and uh, leave it at that. But uh, it's been fun, and uh, I have a headache. And so I think we should stop and that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds for Spaghetti, for Meatballs, for Babyface Joel Solomon, for Scott the Grizz Holmes and the Degenerate Trifecta. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na,